Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Extra Duty Podcast. My name is Josh Marin. I'd like to welcome you guys back, right? See, this isn't this is season four or season five. This is a sp- very special episode that we decided to record, right? Um, I'm talking about so special, there's no video. That's how important it is for us. Um, I got my man's Milk Dud here. How you doing, Milk Dud? We, we can't hear you, Milk Dud. Waving like, like people can actually hear me. There you go. Okay, now they can hear you. <laughs> oh. I'm over here, like, waving, like, people actually see me and shit. Uh, what up? Think about it. No one's going to see you at all because we haven't put any of the YouTube videos up. Terrible at Oh, <laughs> Well, that's that's a shame for all of our listeners. They can't see my beautiful face, my lavish hair. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, I'd love to go ahead and welcome our, our amazing guest for today, uh, Casey. Casey, how are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing all right. Um, definitely wish I was, uh, in a different position, you know, to be, um, going live like this, but I'm doing good today. Well, you know what? Every day, I think every single day is one more step, especially with a case such as yours. Um, if you guys don't know who Casey is, Casey is this, this air, this airman, right? Staff Sergeant type, uh, which is E5 in the Air Force, correct? Correct. All right. So Staff Sergeant type who has gone through, a a an ordeal, right? But we're talking a little bit more about what wasn't done after this ordeal today. Um, there's obviously been some struggle for you, and your TikTok video went viral to the point where everyone can see what viral you're talking is an understatement. Viral is an understatement. You're right. It, it took the world <laughs> by storm. I mean, it took it's it, it got so big that people started tagging us. It started tagging everybody that that can possibly help you. And believe me when I tell you, um, I'm happy that they tagged us because having your story is important because we can go ahead and push your story out to so many more people on different demographics. Absolutely, I'm so thankful for you guys. Oh, man, I'm thankful for you, honestly. Like, and the fact that you're still here, you're so strong. You're 23 years old, man. I remember when I was 23 years old, right? I, I don't remember actually because it was huge blur. Um, <laughs> and even worse, I mean, Milk Dud. That was way. That was that was so 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 long ago. With for Milk Dud, um, almost 10 years ago. Go fuck yourself. Bro. Damn, 10 years. <laughs> But no, 23 years old, and, and you, you come from a small town in Wisconsin, which is probably, is, is it nice? Is this town nice in Wisconsin? You know, it's, I love my hometown. That's all I got to say about it. All right. No, I look, man, I, I worry. Every, everybody I meet from Wisconsin, I always assume they're cheesehead, and I'm just like, ugh, another I one. Mean, you're not wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> so you made the smart decision and joined the Air Force, not like us who joined the Army and, and regret it to this day. Um, <laughs> um but you know, you, 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 you're, you're in Jacksonville, Florida, you're out there in, in, in this air force base. Right. Um, so, so if you don't mind, give us a little, little bit of background of your military history and things that you've done. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I joined in 2017, uh, when I was 18 and I joined the air national guard because, um, the school benefits, I wanted to go right into college. Um, once I uh, started my college career there, I, I realized that school wasn't necessarily for me at that point in life. So I started working full time at my um, small guard base in Wisconsin. Um, I was there for four years and I was I started to get sick of the cold. You know, I'd been raised, born and raised in Wisconsin. So um, I was ready to broaden my uh, knowledge and learn from other people. So. In September of 2021, I um, moved down to Jacksonville, Florida, and um, secured a full-time spot here. And and that's as a your your National Guard. I'm National Guard. Yep, I'm a I'm a medic with the National Guard. Um, I teach most most everything with like when it goes to uh, TCCC, um, CPR, um, SABC. You know all of the the tactical combat, um, lifesaver courses. Okay. Okay. So, so, uh, and, and are you okay with me being completely blunt and just straightforward the entire episode? All right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and, and you know, we, we've definitely had a lot of the, you know, a couple people come on the show, especially, but you were, you were assaulted, you were raped. I was. And it was, um, I can imagine is a fucking extremely difficult position to be in. A hundred percent. Um, so, I, I mean, the, I definitely don't want to, we don't, I, I know that we spoke earlier, you don't want to get into that specifically, but I want to talk about the aftermath of it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Where's your mindset at, um, especially from bef- before you went in and started the, 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 the legal proceedings? What happened? How, how did you feel after? Um, I would say immediately after, 
I was in a complete state of shock. Um, you never think it's going to happen to you. Um, you hear horrible stories. You hear, you see, you know, all over the news, Vanessa Guillen. Um, you never think it could actually happen to you. And most times you think, um, you think of rape as being, you know, drugged and raped in an alley with a gun held to your head. Um, you don't think that it could actually happen by, you know, someone from your your own base or um, friend group, or, you know, in some cases, family members. Um, so immediately after it happened to me, I was, I was in complete shock. I didn't really want to accept what had happened. Um, I told the, I told my friend that was there with me that got me out of the house um, that I didn't want to, I didn't want to report and I didn't want it to be talked about. Um, I felt very shameful and, um, you know, I had put through my head so many different scenarios, um, which later to, after my PTSD treatment, um, I realized, you know, you can't do the hindsight bias. You can't um, put shame on yourself because what it takes to, um, for a rape to happen is a rapist and um, you can't put shame on yourself. So those, those five days after um, the rape had happened and before I had reported, I was, um, I was in serious isolation mode. I, I didn't leave my house. I didn't leave my room. Um, I didn't want to talk to anybody. Um, I was very thankful that I was convinced to go get a rape kit the night that it happened. Um, that, that has helped me greatly. I think when it comes to, you know, everything that's happening legally wise now. So. Honestly, like if, I'm happy that you got the rape kit because a lot of people forget about the rape kit. They, they go ahead, they jump in the shower, they handle things they're supposed to do, not because we're victim blaming, but because that's the first thing, that's the first reaction a lot of people have, which yeah. is you want to clean this disgustingness yeah, off of you. You want to clean yourself off and like get all that nastiness off of you, scrub away, scrub away. So, so, so if you don't mind, could we go a little bit into, if you, if you're comfortable, could we talk about. What happened that night? How did it happen? Were what was involved? And obviously, no names and stuff like that. But you know, to help see if you if you're comfortable with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm definitely open to that. Oh, so yeah, let's start with the how the night um, started. Did you? Want yeah. Okay, so um, I had actually met my perpetrator over social media on Instagram. Um, we had started messaging on a Sunday night. Um, it was very casual. You know, I was just trying to make some friends. Um, I, he had invited me over to his apartment, um, then for the next day that he was going to have a, a small get together, um, said that I could make some more friends. And, um, I was, I was excited by that. It was a new opportunity. I'd only been here for three weeks, um, you know, in a completely new state, 1300 miles away from home. Um, so Monday, October 11th, 2021, I had drove over around um, 5 p.m. Um, I went to his apartment complex. And when I arrived, there was, it was me and uh, three other people in the apartment and him being one of them. Um, there was some casual drinking involved, um, nothing too heavy, you know, I mean, Throughout the entire night, I only had four drinks and um, I believe one shot. So, um, you know, the the whole statement with him being blackout that was uh, completely completely false um, in my eyes. Um, there was some. He became very handsy right off the bat. Um, he, you know, made some made some moves where he would he smacked my butt um he had shoved his hands down my pants um followed me into the bathroom at one point and um I I, I just needed to use the bathroom and he he shoved his way in and tried to you know get all touchy and grabby with me trying to expose my breasts um and I had to shove him out of the bathroom and lock the bathroom door um and this is when I kind of realized, you know, like what kind of situation am I in right now? Um, I, I still didn't expect what was going to happen um, to happen, but um, it did. And um, after we had a few drinks, uh, 
he had tried to shove his hand on my pants. I asked, um, I, I said, I pulled his hand out and I told him, like, I was completely shocked. I didn't know that, that I was, ex I was confused as to why he was doing that in front of, um, you know, the other, the already other guests there. And um, I said, why, like, don't do this. Why, what are you doing? Um, so he had grabbed me by the hand and led me into the bedroom. And that's why I do tell, um, I do tell people that it did start off consensual because at first, yes, I willingly did go into that bedroom. Um, it wasn't until um, I realized that he wasn't trying to just make out with me um, that he wanted more and he had shoved me down to my knees in that bedroom um, that I realized, you know, this isn't just going to be something casual and um, flirty. Uh, he had forced me to perform oral um, oral sex and then continued to rape me vaginally and anally. Um, I was able to get out of the room that after that first time um, and return to the living room. And after um, sitting down next to my friend in the living room, um, I was in complete shock. I didn't know what to do. Um, I had... Um, I had then messaged one of my friends and said, you know, I'm, I'm uncomfortable here. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't want to come back here. And um, she was advising me to get out of the house. But like I said, I was in complete shock. I, I didn't want to raise red flags. I didn't want to be that girl, um, you know, that you hear all the time, um, people victim, victim blaming and shaming. Um, and so I had, um, just sat there and tried to deal with it in my own head. Um, he then asked me to sit next to him on the couch. I tried to say no a couple times, um, but he continued. And so I didn't want to, you know, cause drama. I didn't want to, I didn't want people to, the other people there to be, to wonder why I was acting the way I was. So I, I did sit next to him on the couch. Um, as soon as I sat next to him on the couch, he shoved his hand on my pants and I pulled his hand out and I, I told him no. And I, the other two people in the room, um, you know, I, it'd be surprising to me if they didn't see that, um, or hear it. And he had gotten up. I think I upset him when I did that. Um, he went over, looked at his room, I'm guessing to make sure the door was open. Um, he came over to me and grabbed me around the back of the neck and pulled me off the couch kind of led me by the head to the um to the bedroom and I stood in front of the bedroom and told him no that I didn't want to go in so he that's when he had grabbed me around the neck and um forced me back into the bedroom um and against the wall where my head slammed um I just remember thinking you know like that was so loud somebody had to have heard that somebody's gonna come in um, somebody's going to help me, but, um, I know the music was loud in the other room. So, um, that might've been the problem there. Um, this is where he continued to, um, rape me again, both orally, um, and then vaginally, and then, um, continued to anally rape me and, um, and then shoved me to the floor and, um, started punching me in the face with open and closed fists. Um, I can't even explain that, that feeling. Um, I was, I was kind of just, just dissociated. Um, it was like an out of body experience. Um, you just feel so helpless and, um, hopeless and, um, you think anything, you know, anything you say in that moment, you have to articulate um, properly to be able to get out of that situation. Um, I didn't wanna say anything else to upset him. I didn't want to make the wrong move. Um, you know, he could kill me in this room that crossed my mind. Um, I, I went along with the things that he was saying. Um, you know, he had told me to tell him to hit me. Um, after he, you know, raised his voice about that a few times towards me, 
I, I finally said those words because if I didn't, I've, I feared, you know, worse, worse punishment on his part. Um, it was a completely, um, a completely violating experience that I would never wish upon anyone. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, honestly. Um, look, that, that entire scenario, um, it makes sense, right, mm -hmm. for your reactions. And a lot of people, I know that a lot of people look at, look, when it comes down to any type of sexual assault, they're always going to try to blame you and say, oh, well, you could have left. Oh, you could have did this. You could have fucking did that, right? But if yeah. you really look at it, if, you, if you've ever gone through some type of trauma, there's the shock. There's the initial shock. You didn't even understand what was happening at that point. And the reason exactly. why you stood there is because that was the safest place you could be in, right. re, in, the, in the most fucked up way. That was the most safest place you can be because you didn't have anybody to come pick you up. You, you, you were there by yourself in a new place. So you didn't, you didn't want anybody to see what was going on. Exactly. Like, and, and I, that's the part where it fucks me up. Cause I'm trying to figure out why victim blaming always happens, especially when, when we have evidence, there's evidence here, right? You, 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 we've spoke about that, you know, on, you know, on closed <laughs> terms with ourselves. Right. But oh my God. Honestly, that's wild. Like it's that's it's something I I my God. I it's like this fucking dude. <laughs> like how the fuck? You know what really just doesn't sit right with me too is that um the way that he went about everything that he did to me, it was so um routine. It it felt like he had done it before. Um, and I stand by that. I, I know that there's other victims out there from the same person. I know that he's done this to other women and, um, I'm doing everything in my power to, you know, have any women that, that have been his victim to come forward, um, so that we can take him down because this is, it's absolutely sickening, um, how routine he was about it. So let, I really, I really got to know. So with this, so without, without releasing any um information about the case how has the legal system failed you um and let, let's start with them because there, there's two sides of the, the, the system that's that's fucking you right now so i want to kind of hit on the let's hit on the uh the military side how is that fucking you right now so um originally i was extremely happy with how they were um handling my case um they they appeared to be um, very supportive. Um, when I was at my lowest point with my mental health, you know, I reached out to my DPH and my SARC and I said, hey, I need, I need help. I, I can't do this anymore. Um, I, my best friend had died two weeks after my rape. So um, it was an extremely difficult and lonely time for me. So they had sent me to PTSD treatment in San Antonio, Texas. At, um, it's called Laurel Ridge Treatment Facility. Um, it's for military members. Um, it was, a, it was a great program and it helped me a lot. Um, it wasn't until I came back that I was, I felt extremely failed by the military. Um, I had asked to be transferred into a different unit under the same wing and, um, into, um, or under a, another female for supervision because my my only supervisors my two direct supervisors were my chief and my commander and it's two other males and I didn't feel comfortable I um, you know I felt that I, I deserved to have a female in my chain of command um, and so I had asked to be transferred into another unit that I ha would have two direct female supervisors um, the SARC and the DPH both agreed that it would be a great transfer for me um, they later had a meeting, um, with the wing commander and my commander, the JAG, um, and a couple other people, I believe. And someone within, um, within that board had advised that it wouldn't be a good transfer for me. And they decided what my triggers were going to be. So they, they said that they denied my transfer into this unit because I was going to be triggered um, by things that they had made up themselves. Um, I was extremely. Um, now, are, are you allowed to tell us what the triggers were that they were seeing? Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
after my best friend passed away, um, he was also a member of the National Guard and he was working full time. He was security forces. Um, I was asking to be moved into the security forces unit um, because my my rapist had been moved out of the security forces unit into another unit. Um, and so the, the whole security forces squadron had um, still currently has my back and um, completely support me. And um, so I felt my support system lied within the security forces squadron. Um, the commander of the security forces squadron is a female captain and she is also a survivor of se sexual assault. Um, so she's been, you know, one of my rocks this whole, throughout this entire experience. Um, and so she had pushed for me to be moved in there and um, they said that I would be triggered by seeing a picture of my best friend who passed away hanging on a wall in the squadron. Um, which is completely inaccurate because um, there's no picture hanging of him in the squadron. Um, so after they denied my, uh, my request to be moved into security forces, um, you know, they, that was, they denied my expedited transfer. Um, a transfer under, in the same wing, that's still an expedited transfer. And they had denied that. Um, that was when I became, you know, pretty enraged and posted that TikTok. Um, I felt that I wasn't getting any help with my follow-up treatment after I left PTSD treatment. I was supposed to have a treatment team set up here in Jacksonville, and they were supposed to make sure I had the proper follow-up care and therapy and seeing a psychiatrist. Um, I went two months without seeing one provider or a therapist. Um, at one point I ran out of my medication and it is extremely, um, it is extremely dangerous to be, you know, cold turkey off of depression medication. Um, there's so many different medical dangers that, that follow with that, you know, there's heart, heart palpitations. Um, there's increased, uh, increased anxiety, increased rage, um, exactly. There, there's suicidal ideations. I should know. I was off of them for, I, believe me, I am 100% yeah. with you on that. Uh, right. Jesus. And they, they just, they didn't help me with that. They didn't, um, they just kept giving me the runaround. I had also asked for um, 30 days of convalescent leave that, um, so any member in the Air Force is, um, they're allowed to take up to 30 days of convalescent leave after being discharged from inpatient or outpatient treatment. Um, that was something that I wanted immediately when I got home and nobody could give me an, an answer on that. They just kept giving me the roundabout answer that they didn't know what was going on, um, that they didn't um, know if they could get me that or not. Um, it was, there was no help with that. So I was thrown right back into work and my, my anxiety and depression, I, you know, everything just kind of went back to where I had started. It felt that I didn't even go through the treatment in the first place. It felt, it felt useless to me. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I've got an active LOD going on because of the situation that I'm in and, um, my commander and my chief, uh, you know, wanted to drop me off of orders. They wanted to cut my orders and I would have been here with, you know, no healthcare, um, no fin financial um, income. Um, if they wouldn't have um, extended my orders, I would have been in a, in a, God, I don't even know where I'd be at this point. Um, but I did have some uh, people within my unit that fought for me as well to keep me on orders and said, you know, hey, she's on an active LED. You can't just cut her off of orders. Um, there were multiple things that the military had done that that completely rubbed me the wrong way um, and made me feel failed. Uh, do you are you currently under any uh, your, your current supervisors? Do you have any female support or do you have any service members that you, you can trust right now? I do. So, um, 
none that are in my, you know, chain of command. There are some females that I work with um, in my unit that support me fully. And then on top of that, in the security forces squadron, there's two females specifically that um, have been by my side since day one that support me with um, being public about this and getting the attention that this deserves. Um, and they're there for me with my mental health and um, check up check up on me regularly. So um, I'm very grateful for that. So if we're looking towards the um, the 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 civilian side, how's the civilian sector failed you with this case? Um, as soon as I had reported it in October, um, my detectives on my case, um, they did an amazing job of um, crossing every T, dotting every I that they could um, to make my case as solid as they possibly could. And I, I'm still so grateful for those detectives. Um, so they, the, they're part of JSO, the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. And once they collected all of this evidence, um, built a solid case, um, arrested my uh, rapist in December. Um, you know, they, they, they gave the state attorney all of this evidence and all of this information. Um, not long after he was arrested and released on a $150,000 bond and a GPS ankle monitor, which if that isn't, um, you know, kind of a eye opener enough for the fact that the judge saw enough probable cause with that, that they put him on an ankle monitor and a $150,000 bond. Um, the state attorney's office, my prosecutors told me that the evidence that I had um, wasn't enough, that it was going to look like uh, two consenting adults that uh, took it too far or that it was going to look like rough sex. Um, they, they completely belittled me and um, like victim blamed me. Um, it was, it's the, he said, she said um, situation, but the prosecutors that are supposed to be there protecting me and on my side and fighting for me are sitting there saying, you know, his word's going to win over yours. We don't even want to take it to court. We don't even want to try with this. Um, they were more worried about their own numbers than um, getting justice or doing the right thing. Um, they wanted to do a simple battery plea with 10 months probation from drinking alcohol. I told them multiple times that I absolutely did not accept that. So they said, um, if you don't accept this, we're going to drop the case. And I said, well, I'm telling you right now, I don't accept this. Um, and I told them that they were going to seriously regret um, that, that statement. You know, I, I wanted to bring, I knew I was going to bring this to the public um, if they were going to wrong me like that. So um, that's exactly what I did. And as soon as this got public attention and went viral, um, now, ironically, they want to talk to me. They want to um, reevaluate my case and the evidence. Um, it's it's just disgusting that it had to be um, exposed like this. That it had to be brought to this much attention um, for them to do the right thing. It, and you know what? And unfortunately, that's the fucking that's the world we live in right now, right? Right? right. It's it's just the world, especially so. <clears throat> If I could be candid with you, um, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you. So I was demoted. You want to know why? Um, I had a sharp case against me. Interesting, right? It makes right. you question who I am. Right. Mm -hmm. So do you want to know what my sharp, what my allegation was? <clears throat> yeah. Sure. Um, I sent a text message to an all male uh, group chat that said for all those that didn't pull out happy father's day. That's why I was demoted and charged with sharp. The same day that I was getting demoted, uh, E7 had uh, raped a female service member, um, and he was charged with adultery. Wow. You see, that's the problem I have within the military system of sexual assault. See, now, now my different ranges, right? Wildly mm -hmm. different ranges, but you see how they would accept how they treat us compared to how they treat the higher-ups and people of higher stature right. or males or whatever. Right. That's, that's the absolutely. issue. 
But you see how how outrageous these fucking claims and charges, and that's why I believe that the sexual assault program should not be handled by the unit whatsoever. It not should be should never be handled within the army. It should one hundred percent be handled by someone outside the military that has zero military background and only knows about sexual assault. That's it. I completely agree with that statement. So you 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 are you you you're fucking trooper, right? I'm gonna throw this shit out. You're fucking trooper. Gangster <laughs> shit. Yeah, like the way you when you came out there, man, I saw that video. I was like, oh, I need to get on the show. <laughs> because yeah, I was like you wouldn't believe how many people messaged me about you. It was wild. It was like oh, I had yeah. 10, 15, 20 messages, and then I saw my name get tagged a bunch of times, and I was like, I need to hit her up. Because I knew your story was important. And I'm and I mean shit, where else to fucking tell it than on the extra duty podcast where we talk about mental health in the military, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. So you know, now that you you've, I, I love I love the fact that you out here and you pushing you pushing your story, and I'm happy that we're gonna help you push this story, right? But there's something there's something that I, that really bugs me, right? There's this this 35 minutes we were talking about, right? Wait, hey, are are you still recording? Yeah, we're, hold on, we're we're still recording, so I'm gonna tell you guys, right? Uh, so let's talk about that. That this is 35 minutes, right? That people just don't understand is out there, and that's what confuses me with how. They, they got this legal case kind of like thrown out or, or they didn't want to talk about it. You have 35 minutes of something so important. Um, do you want to explain, say what that is in the nicest yeah, way? Yeah, ab- absolutely. <laughs> nicest way possible. Um, I have 35 minutes of a controlled phone call with my rapist. Um, this is something that I was told by my, my detectives. Um, you know, they're the ones who recorded it. Um that hardly ever happens. Um, someone who is not guilty of a crime that, you know, I'm saying that I'm accusing him of doing, um, isn't going to sit on the phone for 35 minutes and tell me how sorry he is, um, over and over again. You know, he, he sat there for 35 minutes, bawling, apologizing, Um, you know, pleading with me to forgive him, um, telling me that he caused this trauma and it's something that he has to live with the rest of his life. Um, I I blatantly said in that 35 minute phone call, you raped me, you, you penetrated me in the ass. I said, I said these words to him and um, told him that he did not have my consent. And he apologized over and over again um but because he wouldn't say the words i'm sorry for raping you he this this is apparently being you know thrown out that this isn't that this isn't good enough evidence um i'll tell you what i'll tell you what that 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 wait so 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 for it to be good enough evidence someone has to physically say i raped her yes even though you said no even though you said stop even though he's basically admitting that he did something obviously wrong. It still wasn't enough because he physically did not say, I raped you. Exactly. Huh. I, I'll tell okay. you what, if y'all keep listening even to the Even with a rape kit, even with, you know, the bruises and the hair missing and all that stuff like that, the, the witness testimony, all the that tearing. stuff like that. Because there's the, tearing, the tearing when you like, rape. I mean, they're, they're yeah. like, there's a... Especially if it's vaginally and analy- like, what? Right. Like, <laughs> so, so what? What really, what really fucking like grinds my gears is that I'll tell you what. When, when, when we, if, if the extra duty podcast does get those thirty five minutes, I promise you, public opinion is gonna fucking tell you whether or not he did it or not. Oh, absolutely. Because it seems like attorneys are stupid. No offense to your attorneys out there. I'm just, I'm a guy. I'm just okay. a guy who talks. You know, I got a podcast. I have a little microphone and I say things, but I mean, I, I can see it right. Very simply that you, you're telling me somebody is apologizing after a rape allegation with all the evidence that's on top that says this man did it. And he's sitting here crying and apologize. I'm not going to sit there crying and apologize. If I just had consensual sex with somebody actually, hold on. If I told him, Hey, prepare for a mediocre time, then great. Then that's what I'm, you know what I'm saying? But right. you got dudes, yeah. this dude is Balling, I've tried it a couple times after, you know. I'm just saying. You see what I'm saying? But like, like you, you're telling me you out here fucking crying and bawling with real tears because you did some shit wrong that's filled with guilt, and we have evidence that says, yo, you, you did this. Yeah, I'll tell you what. If I ever smell the cover up, 
smells like a cover up to me. I don't know. I'm I'm just yeah. I'm just a guy, right? Hey, and if my chain of command is listening, right? Like, let me explain something. This is Air Force problems, not my problem. So keep it. We're good. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, your your story is like like I said, like I've said this, I've said this the, the entire show. Your story is compelling, right? Because you 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 had like. There's, there's, there's truth behind you, right? And I, and I can, and if you were lying, I'd, I'd call you a bullshitter on the show in front of everybody, right? I, and oh, absolutely. I, I'm just that type of guy. But mm-hmm. I can hear it in your voice. I see it in your face. When you talk to somebody that's been through trauma, right? What they're always going to do during a court case is they're going to try and like, they're going to try and make you, oh, why, why are you looking down? Why are you saying, um, it's because I'm fucking stressed. You're stressed right. all the time. Being, a, being sitting there, being fucking talking about, like the reason why I really wanted you to talk about it is to get that out. Because talking about the trauma actually helps. I think so. And that's what we Now, question. What's up? How many times did it take for you to make that video? Um, that was my second time recording it. So the first okay. time, you know, I had a little bit of stuttering and I thought, you yeah. know, maybe it was that one. But um, the second one, I, I just went through it. I said what I wanted to say. Um, because you, you maintain your composure. And I can only imagine, you know, like... I'm just saying, like, I can only imagine all the emotion I was probably going through at that time for you to oh, maintain that, that that type of composure. I had a lot of rage in me. Um, you know, I still do. That that fire's lit and it's not going to burn out. But um, there was there's a lot of wrongdoings on many people's parts. And so um, I felt very compelled to um, make my point and make it um, a strong one. So in that video, you know, I, I wrote down what I wanted to say on a piece of paper. And so I, I was reading off of paper when I said that, but, um, everything that I said comes from the bottom of my heart. Um, things need to change. Things need to be done. Um, regulations need to be changed, uh, within the military. You know, the fact that this couldn't be military jurisdiction because of duty status, that's absolutely bullshit. That's something that, that needs to be changed within the Air National Guard. Um, even though even though Sharp says on and off duty, it still counts. Exactly. And so and what blows my mind is, you know, you have people in the National Guard. They they smoke weed when it's not drill weekend. They come in on, in on drill weekend and they piss hot for smoking weed and they get kicked out of the military immediately. But when you rape somebody when you're not on duty... You don't get kicked out. Tell me how the fuck that works. I mean, you know, I th- didn't I make a video about that? I saw I did. It was like, it was, what was it? What was I saying? Oh yeah. You could be fat in the military and they'll kick you out faster than they'll charge you for sexual assault. Yeah, exactly. Like you get, you get kicked out for failing two PT tests faster than you get charged for sexual assault. Like it, it's, it, look, the pro look, and I, and I talk about this a lot. Look, the military itself, it's a great organization, right? Organizationally, it's an amazing product. Right. 100%. We have great, um, we have good initiatives. We have uh, amazing programs, but here's the problem, right? We can have the best thing in the world, but when you serve it with shit, shit leaders, shit people that don't understand what they're talking about, then this, this beautiful castle that we built, that's just covered in shit because we have these shitty people on top of it. Exactly. And I mean, yeah, you're, you're like, man, you're brave as fuck. You're braver than me. You, you are braver sure. than this. Look, <laughs> hey, I'm I. You know, nobody's nobody's braver than Milk Dud, right? Did you see how he keeps that hair? He just don't want to let it go. Frozen, baby. Let it go. I'm on leave till like July 5th. So people don't shave their face on leave. They they don't do that. Yeah. Well, I don't like growing my my facial hair because it itches. But you grow this face all the time. But this kind of you look like Jeffrey from from Fresh Prince. Yeah, go go fuck yourself. <laughs> Goddamn, I swear I can't stand little brown men like him. Look, look at that. Mm, look at this. Look. <laughs> I'm letting my hair grow out. I'm driven. I, well, I go to the, I go to the field. I, I'm about your boy about to go to the field for a couple of days. Well, good. Mm. I'm gonna be sitting here, working on my jeep, drinking. Look, you know, you see this guy? He drives a fucking jeep. What a turd. Ugh. I thought that was his wife's car when he first showed me. Nope, it's his. He's so proud nope. of it too. You know. These uh these gas prices, I had to get rid of my my uh, Hellcat, so you know I just had to go to the Jeep. We get it. You have money. <laughs> Got it. We're poor around you. I understand. <laughs> yeah, you were paying the ten dollar Patreon. 
You That's broke true. bitch. That's true. You're... I could go VIP, but I am a co-host. I should automatically become like, you know. I look, I'm paying it too, and I can't even afford it. Like the fuck, bro? <laughs> <laughs> we need the monies. Tell your wife to become a patron too. That's double the money coming our way. I tell, I, come on, help me out. That's... That's true. Maybe one day we can afford a fucking what is it? Zoom that we're using? Oh. Actual premium Zoom. Uh, so Okay. I got it. <laughs> Sorry, Casey. I didn't mean you to, to experience what happens on the show on a this so most of the time this is about thirty minutes of the show just arguing. So I, I'm hoping that we make oh, you feel it. comfortable. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Casey, you you are you are an inspiration for young service members out there, man. Like you you, you know, look, I, I, I have I've lived my life. Um, and this is gonna sound stupid, but I live my life based off of what Spider Man says. <laughs> See, not not with great power comes great responsibility. No, I have no power. Um, but every time I get knocked down, I always get back up, and that's what makes me Spider Man. All right, and I think that's what makes somebody a person. That's what makes somebody strong. Um, you can get you can lose all these fights, you can get beat down, you can get destroyed, but as long as you get back up and you keep fighting, I don't think that anybody can stop you. And honestly, I'd love the fact that we are going to be part of that, that we're going to be part of you helping you to get to that next point. Um, and I'll tell you what, if you ever need some, some rollers, right, we, we got you. As long as you pay our airfare, we'll, we can, we'll be there. We, you know, we can't afford that. Um, Should I have that E5 pay? I don't know if I can you either. Know. Well, we got only stay He's a captain. Ten. We can use his you know. money. <laughs> He's a calf man. Uh. Your Zoom still says you're LT. Oh, <laughs> you broke bitch. <laughs> yeah, He's, he'll change it. He'll change it. <laughs> Look, so Casey, do you, is there is? Oh wait, let 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 Milk Dud finish. The uh, chocolate Van Diesel, because you know I live my life a quarter mile at a time. You know. You know what? That would have <laughs> that would have been a good that would have been a good name nickname, but we decided with Milk Dud. <laughs> Oh, oh, he's getting yelled at by our wife. We share a wife. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. No, know. I'm talking to my son because they. I'm in air conditioning. Yeah, I, exactly. That's why it's, you know, when they argue about some dumb shit, like, because we were in Texas for like a week and they're like, it's so hot over there. I'm like, it don't matter for people non-military because you know what? You get to stay in AC. That's people true. in the military, we get to sit outside and fucking in our OCPs, baking our asses off, you know, sweating. Maybe. Maybe in the army, not in the air force. Oh yeah, in the air force oh, yeah, they stay true. in the fucking house. Yeah, y'all, y'all. Look at cream cheese. Cream cheese always talks about how he's just chilling and living his fucking life. Terrible. Yeah. Y'all made the right decision. Damn. You know, I, I am an officer, so I I won't be out there with you know. You know with so you I'm the, I'm so you telling me I'm the only one that gonna be out yeah, there? Basically. Hating? Hmm. Yeah. Yo, NCO life. Oh, fuck this shit, man. Tired. Oh, but that's why I'm your boy looking at getting medboarded. So. Oh really? Oh yeah. Fuck, it's hundred percent, baby. I'm I'm looking at. I'm probably gonna end up getting hundred percent. For what? Tiny heart syndrome? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. Other <laughs> tiny things too. So you know, apparently, you can get kicked out the military. You can actually get out of the military for micro penis. Just learned that. I never knew micro. that, and I'm medical. Yeah, just learned that. Hey, and you know what? I think. I I'm think. You know, you know, and you know, us here at the Extra Duty Podcast, we love to have humor and mix it in as much as we possibly can. But I want you guys to know that how important this episode truly is. Um, this episode, the importance of this episode is to show that it's not only you that's getting fucked by the military. It's not only you being fucked by the fucking civilian sector. I probably should use a different turn of phrase for this. Okay. Yeah, we probably shouldn't, so you know, you, use that term. It's not just you who's going to be destroyed by the military and, and screwed over. Right. Or we probably shouldn't use that term, you know, just, <laughs> I'm only just, you know, come back around with that Man. one right there. Okay. I got it. I got it. So you're not the only one that, that is getting beaten down. Fuck. Yeah. Also. <laughs> Guys, now this isn't me making fun of it. I'm actually trying to figure this out. Okay, I'm really trying. Okay, um, the military sucks sometimes, guys. Okay, there you go. All right, and and the legal system within the military is just as bad, right? And and we just recently found out the civilian sector is horrible as well, right? But if it's up to us to realize that we are the many, if enough people get up and say something, we can fix shit. 
Because I'll tell you this right now. Hey, what commander is going to be able to give an Article 15 to every single service member? Imagine all the soldiers decide that they're not going to do shit until something is made right. Right. What happens then? What happens to that commander? What happens to that chain, that chain of command when every single service member says, no, I am not going to continue on as long as these things keep happening. And it's, it's people like you that can lead that movement. It's people like, like, like Milk Dud who have to deal with that movement because we're going f- to destroy his career because he's not I doing really it. don't like that <laughs> fucking nickname. Like, I want to throat punch you every time you call me Milk Dud. Like, every, every time. We'll figure something out, all right, MD? <clears throat> Better? All right. Case- M- MD, like... That's- you know, it went from Yuli to you to um, what else did you fucking call me? We, we called you Black Vin Diesel for a while. Um, you know, it, 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 that's what I'm saying. I like that. You know, you like that one. Think, you know, I, like a I match a, a a Vin Diesel type of person. Well, when I used to drive a sports car, then but now you know, Black Vin Diesel sounds pretty. No, that's too long. I need something like short. Not we, no good. No. All right, we'll figure it out. You 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 give me a list of names, right? And what we'll do is we'll send them to Casey and she decides. I love that idea. 100%. Fuck no. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> buckets, dog. I'm so excited. You guys don't even know. Hey, and you know that Milton Mil- has even accepted my TikTok frame request. <gasps> so, we're not friends. Blasphemy. Listen. Listen. I've gotten so many ads in the past five days i don't even know what to do with myself well hey i'm proud i'm glad and you know what i want you to continue to share your story um look casey is there anything that you would like to tell young female service members and male you know, let's do female first then male service members yeah absolutely so um for the female service members um especially the ones you know i've gotten thousands of messages from some that are already coming forward to me and telling me their story. And even though I haven't gotten to, you know, respond to all of them, I am reading them and I am hearing them. And um, it's really important that the rest of the world hears it as well. As scary as it is to put your career on the line, um, to put your stripes on the line, to um, put yourself out there and open yourself up to being victim shamed and harassed, um, that's the only way that we can create change. And it's the only way that um, we can stop this from happening to other women in the military. Um, this clearly doesn't just happen to women in the military. When I went through my PTSD treatment, I met so many men that have also been sexually assaulted. And if you ask me, it's even more difficult for the men in the military um, to come forward and say, me too. I was sexually assaulted. I was sexually harassed. Um, there's such a stigma with being a man, um, especially, you know, when it comes to mental health and, um, and sexual assault, uh, it's even more important for men to come forward and say, Hey, this is happening to me, even though they're, you know, opening themselves up to being absolutely shit on, um, I know that retaliation is a very real thing and chain of command loves to um, do that to people who stand their ground and use their voice. But um, there's plenty of resources out there that can help, um, you know, take, take command down that does retaliate or harass um, like protect our defenders. You know, I've been working with them. Um, There's, there's so many different outlets and the only way that we can create this change is to use our voice and to be heard and to force, force them to do better, both military and um, civilian sector as well. So for those of you that real fast, I really want to let you know, if you guys feel as if retaliation is a possibility, record everything, right? Absolutely. I want you to voice record everything. There's a, there's a voice record app on your phone. There's one on your watch. Voice record everything. And the reason why I say that is not to be a dick, right? I know chain of command. I'm sorry about this, but look, it's not to be a dick. What it is is to protect yourself because as we know as service members and as leaders that there is corruption within the ranks at some point. And if you say that there isn't corruption in the ranks, then you're fucking blind. But record. Make sure you document every single thing as if it's your medical shit. Document everything that you are going through because your job is to make sure that you are taken care of. Don't nobody care about you. 
The military cares about one thing, and it's, that's, that's its image, unfortunately. Exactly. And unfortunately, us as service members, we love and respect the military as much as we can, but the moment injustice begins, we have to fight back because you have that right. Um, okay. So what about these male service members? You got anything for them? Because I got something I want to say to them. Um, you know, the the men that I've met that have been sexually assaulted and come forward and, um, you know, share their stories with me, um, it truly breaks my heart just as bad as, you know, hearing them from the women. Um, but it just, it really strikes a chord with me because I know that it's so much more difficult for them to be heard and to be seen um, because they just get labeled as, you know, gay or, oh, you like that didn't actually happen to you, like be a man. Um, there's such a stigma about it. And it, it just really pisses me off. Um, but I believe them. I believe you, if you come forward, I will be there to stand next to you and, um, make sure that your voice is heard. Um, it happens to everyone. If, if I can ask you one last question, I mean, cause I've been asking a lot, right. Um, but one last question, what do you say to the people that don't believe you? Like the ones that are, that they believe that you're just lying. What do you, what do you say to those people? They're ignorant. They don't want to believe that um, this is something that happens or they're, you know, just maybe they have skeletons in their own closet and they're afraid of that coming out um, with the more people that use their voice and um, force this change to happen. Um you know, if, if people don't believe me, then so be it. But I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to be silent. I'm willing to um, force this justice um, to make its way. And I'm going to create change along the way. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I love to say now, on the day that I posted my video, um, the Chief Mass Surgeon of the Air Force had made a post and there was a quote in there that I really loved. Um, she said, go instead where there's no path and leave a trail. Um, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. I love that so fucking much. Look, Casey, I appreciate you for coming on the show. And I we will have you on for season five, right? But we will have you on for any updates you have. And we would love to continue to get these updates and share your story more and more down this line. And look, you have my number. I'm going to send you Andre's number so you can have somebody on some on some level to help you out and, and be there for you if you need help. Thank you. I truly appreciate it. And I really appreciate you guys having me. Um, Milk Dud, I'll make sure to give you a follow back. on. That's what I'm talking about. Look at that. Anger. Like you guys. know what? <laughs> I said about you in my mind. I was like, you know what? <laughs> but... Look, my name is Josh Murray. I'm the host and creator of the Extra Duty Podcast, where we talk about mental health in the military, share stories of service members who are struggling with their own personal mental health. And I'm signing out of Extra Duty. And I'm Milk Dad signing out of Extra Duty. And I'm Casey. That's you. And I'm signing out of Extra Duty. Hell yeah. All right, guys. K-Bain, I listen to my music.